the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The information on the show is not intended to be the primary basis for investment decisions and should not be used to provide financial advice. Please obtain the guidance of a financial professional regarding your particular financial concerns. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. This program reflects the views of Eric Hallaby, CA Insurance License 0B93792 of TFS Financial Insurance Services. TFS Financial Insurance Services, CA Insurance License Number 0F22477, provides retirement income strategies using insurance and annuity products, which are guaranteed by the claims-paying ability of the issuing company. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Hey, welcome to the show, the total financial hour. I'm Eric Halby. Thanks for being with me this hour of the program. Appreciate you staying uh, staying tuned here after Brock Lurie. Hey, listen, we're talking about your family's finances. Uh, for a lot of people, they, they don't realize that retirement is, uh, is, of course, something you plan for, but it's it's planning beyond just having a pile of money. It's planning beyond just a, a moment in time, having a big bucket of dollars and life changes immediately and you, and you go down and flip a switch to retirement. Now, maybe some of you, right? Some, especially sitting on the traf- on the freeways in traffic every single day, I get it. For you, you could retire tomorrow. Take a look at how you act on vacation, right? If you have a week-long vacation, it takes you two or three days to unwind. You might, maybe you'll get two or three days of relaxation. And then the anxiety starts prepping up as you're getting ready to go back to work. So out of a week's vacation, the, the standard uh, everyday stressor type uh, uh, person right, who has that life really gets maybe three days, solid days of relaxing. So for you, being able to just drop everything and retire, maybe that's a good thing. But for a lot of people, it's about a big, big process. It's called let's plan for retirement. Five years out, I'm going to give you five ways to get there. Think about it like this. If you're going to retire in the next five years, you need to start making adjustments now. If you're trying to steer a big tanker truck into L.A. Harbor, you're not going to be able to do it at the last minute. It isn't a sports car that can turn on a dime. We're talking about the next 20, maybe 30 years or more of income, lifestyle, where things are going to change even when you're retired. Usually, when you retire, the first 10 years is... Tom Hania says, that's your period of time called the go-go years. That means you're going to spend a lot of time traveling. That bucket list, you're going to get things out of the way. You're going to go to the baseball games. You're going to be in the garden. You're going to do whatever it is that you're going to do. Most activity occurs in that first 10 years or so. Now, the second 10 years, it's the slow-go years. Been there, done that. One or two trips a year. Maybe it's about travel on a cruise versus hitting the ground running uh, up 10, 12-hour uh, days uh, on the, the tour tour lines. Maybe it's a different lifestyle closer to home. So slow-go years, you're going to stay closer to home that next 10 years. The last 10 years are what we call the no-go years. Now, what does that mean? It means you're not going to be doing a lot of traveling outside just a few miles around your home. So if we're pro- plan- uh, planning and preparing for that last 10-year window of time, then you need to understand that that is going to happen, the planning, 20 years before. 
Where are you going to live? What is your tax bracket going to be like? Can you afford to bring in a caregiver to your home so that the no-go years are not in an assisted living home if you can help it? They're in your own home for as long as possible. What about the ability for you to go through life, right, and be somebody who can at least donate, give, participate in charities, nonprofits, maybe give back a little bit. If you were an engineer, how about tutoring younger kids in math? If you were a school teacher, how about teaching part-time? How about working one day a week as a tutor? Maybe, maybe you're done with it, but you have a specialty somewhere where people look at you and say, man, you're good at that. Right? Listen, we all have worked with people who may have been paid, but they weren't good at what they did, right? Why were they paid? Well, because it was socially acceptable to pay somebody. Because then they start running down some sort of a racist, sexist, homophobe, whatever the story is, right? Everybody's got a problem. And the reason I am inadequate isn't because I'm inadequate or lazy. It's because you don't like me because of something I can't control. So you've worked around those people. And if you're one of those people, you know who you are, right? When the lights are off, it's just you. You're in the dark. You and your, your God, you, you know, you know, if you're not really good at what you do, but the rest of us who think we're pretty good at something, I don't want you just to flip a switch and waste it for the rest of your retiring life. Here's a recent statistic uh, put out by uh, CNBC. Four out of 10 people moving to New Mexico are doing so for retirement. Isn't that interesting? New Mexico is one of the big uh, places, but what about Arizona? That's one of the top. How about Washington State? That's interesting. Where are they fleeing? Where are people running from? Right, Fleeing is if you're doing something wrong. I love it. Because the media is generally, as you can imagine, except for this show, really far left. Right, Their goal is to, to really push one agenda. So if you're trying to leave, their goal is to call it fleeing. Or uh, when the gentleman left, the hedge fund manager who was $140 million in taxes for the state of New Jersey, the article was, he left in the middle of the night. He fled. No, he just moved. He didn't, it wasn't a secret, right? That was $140 million that New Jersey did not receive in its state income tax. That's a huge problem when you're, when it's about, I don't know, 10% of your budget, whatever it might be. Suddenly programs are changed. Suddenly you got to stop beating up rich people because what was it about 30 or 40 of them, 50 of them? paid such a huge percentage of income tax in New Jersey that any time one of them moved, it changed their entire budget. Instead of saying, hey, listen, everybody has to pay something. Right in the state of California, it's what, 40, 45,000 people that pay about half or more of the income tax. <laughs> 45,000. 36 million people, 45,000 pay. Huh. It's no wonder when you rob Peter to pay Paul, Paul thinks it's a good idea. It's no wonder that at the end of the story, when you say, I'm trying to build and save and plan for my future, uh, politicians, certainly those on the far left, they're not interested in you. They're interested in the person who, oh, who can't work, doesn't want to work. So I think because you're the retiree, you're the one with money, and you might not call it a lot of money. It doesn't matter what you call it. 
Well, wealthy people put the definition on it yourself. What they have to do is, is take care of the rest of us, says the left. You're going to have to be somebody who goes along and says, well, in order for us to be able to, to function as a society, we have to take from you. So my concern is, as a senior citizen, as a retiree, even if you're in your 50s and you're retiring, they're going to look at you as the one with the money. And they're going to create special taxes, right? The wealth tax. Usually, they, whenever they're trying to do something transformational, they'll go far out so that everybody yells and yells. Then they bring it back to, quote, a more moderate. And then everybody says, okay, look, I guess we'll settle for that if we have to. That'll be the, that'll be the thing that we handle. So I think that's going to be what they're doing. Their goal is this wealth tax are going to go out and everybody wants to go after rich people, but that'll pare down. And then they'll go after your retirement account. Because you remember President Obama gave a bunch of speeches. You know, they give the same speech over and over when they're campaigning. They give the same speech over and over when they, they have an issue, just at different venues. The media cuts it out so it doesn't sound, especially if it's President Obama, cut it out so it doesn't sound like he's saying the same thing, but they do. They say the same thing in each venue for quite a long time. So it's everywhere. It's recorded. You can find it where he said, who needs more than $3 million in their retirement account? Now, okay, listen, $3 million is a lot of money. My problem isn't the number. It's who says he gets to decide. My problem isn't that it's $3 million and not 5 or 2 instead of 3 or 6 instead of 10. I don't Listen, wh- why is it okay for some governmental person... Bernie Sanders, Obama, they're the same, never really held a job. Why is it okay for them to decide that you as a retiree should give up what you've worked, sacrificed, paid the price for, took the risk your entire life? So I think you have to kind of plan a little bit that that there's going to be some changes. I, I believe that we have to get worse before we get better, unfortunately, especially in this state. I think there's going to be some big changes And those changes that take place are going to impact retirees a lot here in California, but certainly in some places more than others. California, probably. New York, for sure. New Jersey, yep. But places that like Texas and and, uh, Florida and certainly parts of Nevada, they're happy. Come on in. Come on, bring it. Utah, Idaho. Yep. We could use the money. We could use the people. We could use the jobs. Thanks for coming. Thanks for being here. So that's a, a hard part to what a lot of people when you had, uh, are thinking when your dream was set on trying to retire outside of California. Right? Just realize that for a lot of people, this is a planning process. And I'm going to get into that here as we continue. I, I want you to have a, a list of, of things, five ways to get there if you're five years from retirement. If you're within six months to a year of retirement, you have to come in and see somebody, myself, great, but there's other good people out there. I don't know uh, you know, who's close to you or, or, or who meets the same philosophy as you do. But the idea is to have a professional take a look. If we can help you, it would be my pleasure, my pleasure and my honor. So our job is to help you keep some or part of your money safe. We use fixed products. In other words, there's two systems out there for safety. There's banks and insurance companies. If you want risk, you could take all the risk, you get all the gain, but you pay all the fees. You take all the losses, you get all the gains. If you think in your retired years that you should be taking risk where it might take 2, 5, 10, 
20 years to make your money back. Then you just have to think, how much money do I have and what am I willing to risk? I'm not saying don't risk anything. Just be aware that if you take a risk, like in Las Vegas, right? You swing and you miss, it isn't your mortgage. It's your play money. You, when you go to a casino to, to gamble, it's okay if you're willing to lose that money. Don't risk your retirement. Because the Wall Street casino can be just as unforgiving. So we get closer to retirement. Number one, make sure that you have risk stability in your retirement. Don't let people say, oh, rates of return and inflation. That's fine. But you realize if we're going to have inflation going on in this economy, the national debt is uh, the interest on the national debt. If, if the 10-year bond starts to go up, reports are that if it starts to increase 2 3%, it's over. That The interest alone is more than the defense budget. So maybe inflation, maybe interest rate changes, I get it, but not for quite a long time. I don't expect that to happen for quite a while, but maybe. Think of it this way. Many people think the answer is having a mixture of stock and bonds. My my definition, though, of lessening risk is never having any money that can be less tomorrow than it was yesterday. So if your broker says, oh, I'm going from stocks to bonds, and you think that's okay, fantastic. Ask them. Can I lose my money? Well, da 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 Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get it all. Yep, yep, yep. Can I lose what I put in? I put in 100000 Can it go backwards? And if the answer is yes, then that's not the same safety that, that I am talking about. Those are different worlds. I don't want to allow money to be in a place where if Brexit doesn't take place the way it's supposed to or China decides to rear its head in the... Uh, South China Sea or in the Sea of Japan, or if we have an issue with Taiwan and Japan, uh, Taiwan and China, right? If we have a different administration, Taiwan is going to have a whole bad day. What does that do to the region? The Philippines, Vietnam. Then you might say, "What the heck are you talking about, Eric? That's not the Middle East." Yeah, the Middle East is put to bed. Uh, here's what I mean by that: the the Palestinians were given uh, countless chances. Israel was given countless chances. They've made a decision. They're going to just agree to disagree. They're going to have walls. If you want to get along, we'll have commerce. Right? Between the two countries, trade passes through the Palestinian and and Israeli borders daily. Workers back and forth daily. Daily. Thousands. If there's a problem, they shut down the borders. People can't go to work. They don't get to make money. So people are much happier having a way of of going to work. So when I say that's put to bed, look, there's no more babysitting around. I think Asia is the biggest issue, certainly for the next 10 years, if not the next 20. So be careful. My clients have found that 40 to 60% of their assets in a place that can't go backwards, that's usually the right number for them. For you, it might be more, it might be less. It's a problem when people take debt into retirement. I want to give you a statistic. This is pretty important. When I talk about debt, I'm talking about a couple of things. Number one, how many people still have student loan debts when they get ready to retire? Now, you might think it's not a big deal, but it's a huge deal because it was 2000 and you were 44 years old and you went back to school because you needed a job so that you can get a master's degree or PhD. 
or it was 2008 and you had to go back and get your PhD or your master's. So you borrowed money. We'll do the math, right? You're 55 years old, 2008, 11, 12 years. Surprise, you're 67. Now you're retired. You didn't pay your student loans back yet because those were a 20-year payback. What happens to the default? What happens if you don't pay it? Your Social Security wages are garnished. About 100,000 people in the United States are having their Social Security uh, wages garnished. The government set a Social Security garnishment limit so they cannot take more than 15% of your Social Security payment. That's so kind of them. But the last time it was adjusted was 1998. The cost of living has increased since then, and now they're trying to move it up even more. The government can whittle your Social Security benefits down to a total of $750. With these reduced Social Security payments, older Americans with no revenue income streams have to exist off of an income of $240 below the national average. The national average is not even $12,000 a year. So most of the money that's carved out from Social Security payments doesn't even pay the loan principal down. There's about $1.1 billion in garnished benefits and about 71% went to fees and interest. So it is not even reducing your principal. So if you are a retiree and you're getting ready to collect Social Security or you're getting ready to to go back to work and you're in your 50s or 60s and you're saying, oh, I'm going to go get a, go back uh, to school and, and get a, a degree, an advanced degree, but I'm going to take a student loan. Think twice. Oh, I'm a retiree and, and I want to support my granddaughter's college, so I'm going to co-sign for a student loan. Mm, think twice. Think twice. I think there's some big issues because debt is not just a credit card. right? We, we, have, put in, we have put credit card debt in the same corner as smoking cigarettes. Right? It's socially unacceptable. You do it over in the corner in the dark. Nobody sees you. Right? It used to be that those things were out in the open. People would brag. You'd walk down the halls of any kind of college and they'd be handing out a free Frisbee or a t-shirt if you filled out a credit card out. Kids that had no clue how to spell credit card and, and they're in the middle of signing up. Yeah, $500. I'll take free 500 I don't have to pay it back. I can worry about that later. So a lot of folks are having issues in retirement with credit card debt. That is the ball and the chain on your ankle. So if you think you're going to retire and you have a lot of what's called consumer debt or student loan debt, I want you to think twice before you do that. Because the biggest concern is we need to get that paid off before you get into retirement so that you are not somebody who has money coming in the front door, paying taxes on it, and it's going out the back door for a meal that you ate two years ago. Right Now, if you have debt, if I bought this building that I'm in, and I said, okay, I'm going to buy it, I have a million dollars in debt, and I'm I'm paying $10,000 a month in payments, but I'm renting out half of it or two-thirds of it, and it's bringing in $15,000, okay, well, now it becomes good debt. Right? What does that mean? It now becomes good debt. I take the money from my my payments. They come in, pay off my loan. I get to keep 5000 See the difference? I'm using my assets, my money, to buy something that makes me money. 
Now, the difference is with bad debt, I'm buying something and it goes down in value every single month, every single year, like an automobile or an RV or a boat or a motorcycle. They're not bad things to buy, but just don't think it's a good debt. Your primary house, how many times do people think my house is is an asset? When I hear people say that, if they're financial professionals, I always go, oh, well, that's mm, interesting. Maybe they don't understand it, or maybe they are just ignorant. But you do not use your primary home. Because even if it's paid off, who has to pay the property taxes? You. The repairs. You. If it's a home that's being rented and somebody else owns it, it flips from becoming a liability into an asset because somebody else goes to work for it. Rich Dad, Poor Dad, a great book. I'd encourage you to read it. Changed my life in the 90s. It's something that uh, is a different way of looking at things, right? Because if I'm selling homes, then I want you to think your primary residence is an asset. But you can't take a piece of drywall to the grocery store. And in order to take money out of your house, you have to qualify for a loan, which means you have to pay it back or they take your home. That means you may have to have a job or they won't give you the loan. So there's all sorts of things that are wrapped up into thinking the wrong thoughts about how uh, assets work versus liabilities. Okay, don't go into debt. Let's get a plan. Let's start paying it off. On our way to retirement in the next five years, if we can eliminate debt, we're in a much happier place to be. Now, if you say, Arif, I need to buy a new car, then get one while you're still working. Let's get a plan. Let's get it paid off soon. Arif, I want to buy a a home that's in another state. That's where we're going to retire. Consider doing it sooner. You're going to check with your CPA, your tax advisor, your financial professionals, and you're going to say a couple of things. What you're going to say is this. I'm going to be buying a house in, I gave you a few states, Arizona, Texas, New Mexico, right? Florida, Nevada. I'm going to be buying a house there. That's where I'm going to retire. No problem. Here's what I want you to do. Consider buying it sooner rather than later. One, you have a job. You may qualify. Check with your mortgage specialist and say, what's the difference if I retire today or if I wait five years, I get the loan now or I get it in five years. What's the trade-off? What's the difference? Okay, that's number one. Number two is I want you to ask yourself, if, I'm, if I live in that state, is that really where I want to spend my time? Because you might have that as your residence and stay there most of the time. But you may end up traveling back and forth to California or to Florida or to visit family overseas. So maybe a smaller house so that you can afford the traveling, the tickets, right? The bus fare, the gas fare, whatever it is that you're doing. Because the the cornerstone of life in retirement is enjoying life. It isn't about trying to, you know, sit in a room, you have an amazing home and you sit in a corner and look at four walls, right? I want you to go beyond that. So how do we do that? We do it in a couple of ways. We do that by having what's called a debt stacking plan. We start getting out of debt one at a time. We pay the lowest balance first. 23 years ago, we started doing this through what's called a financial needs analysis. We did it 23 years ago. The computer structured it up. It was funny how long it took back then. We put it all together, structured it, built it. And today everybody's saying, oh, we should use the debt snowball, debt stacking It's the same thing. You pay the lowest balance. Don't even consider the interest rate unless the balances are the same. Meaning if I have two $5,000 balances and one is 12% and one is 2%, pay the 12. 
But other than that, the interest rates don't matter as much. Right? You're not going to care as much. You're going to be okay. All right. I want to continue here in just a second, but but here's what's kind of important. One of one of the the ideas of expensing monthly, getting rid of those monthly expenses. Because here's what's happened. Your grandparents, when they retired, they didn't have a cell phone or a cable bill, right? When do you pay that off? If you're paying your cable bill, when is the last payment? Never. It doesn't, it's not a, a, a purchase anymore. It has become an expense like food, shelter, clothing, right? People could reduce their auto insurance because the car is older. People could reduce their homeowner's insurance because they own it. I'm not saying these are wise things to do, but you had the choice. But the internet, expenses, difficult. So we're going to get into those monthly expenses. How do we plan? How do we prepare to absorb these new, relatively new payments? All right, we're going to continue. Listen, give me a call at 888-99-RETIRE, 888-990-RETIRE. I'm right here, Eric Hallaby on AM870, The Answer. Stay with me. We'll be right back. a plan for me higher income strategy I'll retire comfortably thanks to Arab Halaby now every dollar's got a job to do financial security will help you live the life you dream learn about financial power the total financial hour hey welcome back to the show thanks for staying with me here's our number again 888-99-RETIRE, 888-997-3847, 888-997-3847-888-99-RETIRE. Okay. Hey, one of the things that we spoke about on, uh, before the break was the debt issue. Uh, listen, sometimes we need new cars, and, and of course we want to buy the boat and the motorcycle. That's part of retirement. That's the freedom. Here's a little strategy that I want to touch on. I didn't, I didn't touch on it, and I think it's pretty important. When you're kind of building... Your life to say it's time to get a, a new purchase. Let's say the purchase is $400 a month and you weren't spending it yesterday. It didn't exist. Give yourself three months. Here's what I mean. Pull $400 if that's the cost of it. You might end up saying, well, listen, $400 is the cost, but I also have insurance and whatever. Okay. Whatever the total new cost is to purchase that item, pull it from your budget and put it in a separate savings account every month for three months. Then see how you live. How does it affect your travel, your lifestyle, your debt? Are you going into credit card debt now to eat dinner? Are you able to still enjoy life? All of those things. If your lifestyle didn't change in any manner that that is uh, not good for you, that you're not comfortable with, then you can absorb the new $400 a month expense. So three months pass by, you look around, you say, hey, I can do this. You purchase the new item. You now have $1,200 more as a down payment if you're going to go that route. And now you have that $400 payment. It doesn't affect your life. What I want to see is six months worth of your expenses in a savings account before you retire. Now, it might take you a little while to get there. And I'm okay if you designate some of your IRA or your 401k or whatever as part of that emergency fund. Nothing wrong with that. You might want to pick a flat number, 80000 a 100000 or six months, or a year. I don't care. It needs to be something substantial that is never going to make really, here's the problem, it's never really going to make that much interest. You're like, Eric, but my savings account at the credit union, at least it makes, you know, 1%. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's about it. 
but it isn't designed for that. Right? You've heard me say before, you get to choose two of these. Which one do you want? You want liquidity, which means access to the money? Do you want higher rates of return? Or do you want safety? You pick two and I'll tell you where to go. Right? Which accounts work? You can't have all three. Everybody wants all three. Right? They want to be young forever, six foot two, marry a supermodel. I get it. Not going to happen. <laughs> you get two. You get two of those. And the two that we get to choose allows you to decide where your account goes. Because if you're going to be saving for your retirement, if life is about still living, like I hope it is, then we have to be able to absorb the monthly expenses like television, or now it's called cable. I saw a recent cell phone, internet, cable, and TV bill for a client. Let me tell you, it was $450 a month. Cell phone, internet, cable. Now, that is so duplicated, it's not even funny. Here's what I mean. Number one is, realize that if you have cable, internet, right? You do not have to buy the TV. Now, they will try to sell you on it. They'll transfer you and transfer you. They'll put you on hold. They actually do that as a strategy because we tried it. And I thought, and a client told me, I said, no, they wouldn't do that. They're customer service. They just would cancel it because you asked for it. No, no, no. They put you into this little hole and then you're here for three minutes and then somebody else comes on and you have to tell your story all over again. It's almost embarrassing for them as, a, as an industry, right? Why do they do that? I, I guess just to keep you on. But $450 a month. Can you imagine a few years ago when we were paying for those basic services and it was less than $100 a month? Now you don't need the same cable TV if you have the internet. Why? Because you can get most of the TV shows, if not everything you want, for free. Or for a very small monthly, you know, $5 a month or something, instead of $150 a month. Movies today, between Netflix and Amazon and Hulu, you should be able to watch everything you need to watch. And if you're sitting at home in retirement, then maybe you should just go back to work. Anyway, nothing wrong with being at home a little bit, but man, we need to stay active, you guys. Walking and being out and about new kittens or cats or dogs. I don't care. You have to be involved in something. Budgeting concepts still don't change when you retire. In fact, as we're approaching that, that magical date, I want you to take a hard look at some of these monthly expenses. Start eliminating them. Many of my clients have found that reducing some of their unneeded monthly expenses, they can actually find a way to retire sooner because you don't have to make. So remember, if you're spending $450 a month, that's after-tax money. Now, depending on your tax bracket, maybe you have to make $650. So $650 comes in, $200 goes to income tax, and $450 goes to the cable bill. So your first $650 that comes in is gone. So remember that debt is not something that you want to take into retirement if you can help it. Or at least have a plan where you're eliminating it. Right? If it's a vacation home and you have enough income coming in, I'm okay with that. If you're renting it out in Airbnb or, or some of those other sites, no problem. It's paying for itself or half of it. But we want to think through this a little bit. Okay, number four. As we're prepping for retirement, here's what I have seen. Your children. Just because they've moved out, it doesn't mean they don't need your money. Now, whose problem is that? It's yours. The biggest issue is we have... Uh, assessed a value with our children based on money. What that means is something simple. 
I love them, therefore I give them money. I give them money, therefore I care for them. It's the old story about the caterpillar in the cocoon. Right? You've heard that story maybe, but I'll, I'll, I'll surmise it here. A little boy got a, a cocoon from a, a wise man, and he said, here's this cocoon, inside is a butterfly. When it starts to struggle to come out, you cannot help it. You have to let it grow, push, fight, and knock away the shell so that it can fly away. Okay. Well, of course, a few weeks go by and the little boy decides as he starts to see the cocoon uh, breaking and cracking in little pieces, he looks inside, he sees a beautiful butterfly. And as he starts to pick away at the cocoon to kind of help it a little bit because he thought he's going to be a nice guy, right? Because he cares for this cocoon. He's been caring for it for, for weeks. And this butterfly is special. Until, until, he picks away the last piece and the butterfly tries to fly away and it drops and it dies. So the little boy comes back to the little wise man and says, hey, hey, what happened? He, he died. He said, well, the reason, you must have picked at the cocoon. He said, yeah, but I was only helping a little bit. He said, the help that you gave it didn't allow its wings to build its strength, to exercise, to push. And therefore, when it came time to fly, the wings were not strong enough to hold its own weight. So the butterfly couldn't fly. You see, your children have to. I know this as a father of three. I get it. It's very difficult. But think twice before you do that. Because we had a client come in recently who was still helping her grown daughter at the age of 40, 40. Think of what you were doing at 40. Right? Who was giving you money? Uh, not. Maybe, right? maybe we were working, in my case, uh, not maybe at that age, but certainly at age 30, I was working two and three jobs. Because that's what you do. Listen, I assume there were some challenges or issues going on in the women's life. I get it. But when I found out she was a school teacher at one of the largest districts in Southern California, making nearly $80,000 a year, working nine months a year, right? Listen, I love my educator clients, but understand you're working about eight and a half months a year. Oh, I take work home. I take work home. Entrepreneurs take work home. They don't, they don't receive pensions and benefits and pay for... So, I mean, I get it. All of us have issues. I'm not saying, you know, we shouldn't respect educators. But understand, this lady was living at her mom's house, making $80,000 a year, working nine months a year. She didn't work at all in the summer because she needed to, quote, recover. I don't know what that means. And so I said, are you making extra income so that you could move out? Maybe if you do it for a couple of years, you could save up the money. It's a down payment for your new place. But through guilt and pressure, the retired client felt it was necessary to still pay for her daughter's rent. Now, listen, people say, oh, it's California. You know how expensive it is. Well, what if you didn't have a mom helping you? Do you think the school teacher's on the street at 80000 a year? No, she would have a roommate. She would move an extra 20 minutes outside of town. Yes, she's in traffic. I get it. All of us have done it. But that's how the caterpillar builds their wings. That's how they make decisions. But driving a new car, eating out nearly every night, and spending the summer traveling. That's what she did. Now, I can't get involved. It's a family. I I get it, and I don't want to be judgmental. But if you're a retiree and you're doing that, you understand that your future is at risk. Because here's what happens. When you die, they're right back in the same boat anyway, but you didn't live a, a life the last 10 years. 
You were still babysitting. You were still taking care. You were still, quote, being a parent. It's a problem when clients are dipping into their principal. They can run out of money. We had this with the lady who was a retired nurse. She had $800,000. Guys, that's a lot of money. 800000 And she said, my brother needs a new house. I said, what happened? I said, well, that hurricane that came through last year really uh, ruined his home and he needs a house. I said, wow. Okay. Is he okay? Yeah, he's fine. Does he have a job? Oh, he's got a great job. So what are you going to do? Well, I'm going to take $50,000 from my retirement account and give it to him. I said, well, first of all, you understand that it's a retirement account and his house is not your retirement. So in order to do that, you have to take out about $90,000. Give $40,000 to the government, federal and state, and 50000 to your brother. She said, well, what do you mean? I said, well, look, retirement account, uh, accounts have a job to do, and their job is to give you a monthly income check. You can take out chunks of money as you need it, but the reason that you have a retirement account is for retirement, just like a college fund is for college. An emergency account is for emergencies. You can't use your retirement account as a, hey, I just want to go do this. Hey, I want to go spend money here. Hey, I want to do that. Nothing wrong with that, but realize you're going to have to take out one and a half times about, maybe more. Because it's now may push you into the next tax bracket. It could. This is why your conversations with your financial professionals is very important. But I can show you 20 people, 20 families that live in the L.A. area on less than $80,000 a year, paying rent or even a mortgage. Now, they may not be traveling in the summer every, every summer, going to exotic places, driving a fancy new two-door, uh, two-seat sport car. But the school teacher should know better. She's not a dummy. Of course not. The master's degree? And I don't want to make you guys feel like crud here. I just want you to think about yourself for a minute. Because you're the one that's my client. Your 27-year-old, 42-year-old child that lives at home, they could be our client. That's nice. But you're the one that's worked your entire life. There's a, there's a line between enjoying it and sitting at home. Because remember those first 10 years called the go-go years, right? The first 10 years of retirement? <clears throat> you retire, you move on, you do something fun and exciting. Well, you can't do that. You can't do that. Because you're, you're spending $1,500, $2,000 a month for somebody else's lifestyle. Listen, if it's a... Uh, a, a kibbutz kind of environment, right? You have everybody under the same roof and everybody's pitching in $500 a month, 300, 200, and people are paying for their lifestyle and that offsets your expense. I'm all for that, right? We have a big home because we had a lot of children at one point. So if they say they're going to come back and they're going to be a part of it and they've got jobs in other places and great, we have a deal. Our kids have to buy rental property before they move out. Before they even buy a house that they have, they get to live in, they need to buy a house that one or two that somebody else is paying for. Because I don't want them to get into this habit of thinking that they have to buy the next house and then work harder and then faster on the treadmill for the next house. I want them to understand that having assets where other people pay doesn't just serve them in retirement, but years and years before. But that's our lifestyle, Right. So I say, hey, here's the deal, guys. You get to live at home. You have to help. You have to help with some of the expenses, and you get to live because that's the best training for the cocoon, right? Hey, five years before retirement, I want you to start eliminate, eliminating the reliance others have on you. 
I've had two clients last year, two clients had to actually move, sell their home and move to a senior community with one bedroom in order to get, one had to get their 30 something year old daughter who wouldn't move out. So they moved. And then one had a a son that was in his twenties who wouldn't move. They both had jobs, good jobs, great jobs, good careers. And she was saying, uh, each of the ladies were saying, I've asked them, I've, I've did the conversation, I turned the TV off, I stood in front of them, I had the, the serious conversation, we went out to dinner over the course of some time, and, and in all the times they, I guess, didn't take him seriously until one day there was a for sale sign in front of the house. <laughs> I mean, you think of it as a movie. So there's a big expense that, w- that can happen, right? Welfare is designed to give you a hand up. Get you started, restarted, rebuild. If you have any questions, folks, give me a call at 888-99-RETIRE. That's 888-997-3847. I'm Eric Hallaby. As we continue on The Answer, AM870, The Answer, we're getting into some of the ideas. It's a little bit sensitive. I understand. A little touchy. Even a little bit yucky, right, for the, for the right words. But retirement is about planning. It isn't a switch that you flip. It's a dial. You slowly turn it up. Maybe you travel a little bit more. You start taking more time off of work. You start getting a little bit uh, of, a, of a lifestyle used to not having to show up at 7, 8 o'clock in the morning. And as that process begins, I'm hoping you're replacing some of the work with fun, with volunteer work, volunteer work. Because number five is to think about this, purpose. You have to have something to do, somebody that's counting on you. I'll give you a good example. I have a client who works from home. She does amazing stuff. She loves what she does. We took her retirement account. We moved it from the risk because after 59 and a half, even if you're still working, we can pick up your retirement account in most cases, move that out of risk into safety. No more fees, no more risk. You're going to earn somewhere between zero, maybe 10, zero and 12% return. Realistically, you're going to average going forward between three and six. Okay. So nothing, nothing uh, huge. But we never lose. And every year if the market goes up, it's new money that's put it in your account. Not you went down and then your brokers or Wall Street gave you your own money back. And so as we start transitioning and we start moving them out of risk over the next few years, in her particular case, she picked up scuba diving. And she had a lot of vacation time. So she would take a couple weeks off during the summer and... Uh, adding to a three-day or a four-day weekend, she would add an extra day or two. And she would take and go on excursions, various places to go scuba diving. She knew that her retirement account was safe with us. She didn't have to watch it to see what was happening on the local uh, you know, Fox business or CNBC, see who's doing what and who. No, forget it. She's still putting into her existing retirement account, but it's the balance is low. She's just adding to it, adding to it. But I want you to have fun. In her case, she said, Arif, I get to still live my lifestyle, have fun, have purpose at work, but not have to quit. I don't have to retire just yet. My job's easy. I like it. No problem. I call that semi-retired. Staying in the same job, but being semi-retired. Maybe you job share, right? For a lot of people, they can job share. They can split that career, that that, uh, job. Teachers do it a lot. A lot of times, teachers will go out and share because they have young children at home. Nothing wrong with that. Sometimes computer programmers or other people at work. We've seen that. But as that is happening, I want you to start 
practicing for retirement. See how much you really need to live on because a lot of folks don't really know. I want you to have fun. Okay, here's what I'm I'm looking at. I want you to include service to others. Now, there are very few people that I know, you can count them on one hand, actually, that are just as selfish as can be. That's who they are. That's what they do. They're son of a guns. They don't want to help anybody else. Okay, fine. We know who those people are. But most of you are not that way. It might be you going to play pickleball with somebody. It might be you listening and starting a a youth program or volunteering for young women that are at risk or young men that are without a father. Imagine the next 10 years of your life, the difference you can make on this earth in somebody else's life. Helping youth, teaching young kids. What if you're, you are really good? What if you're a genius with math, right? You know who you are. A lot of us are humble about what we're good at, but, but you know what you're good at. You're, you're wonderful at art. And you go and you take somebody who's really darn good and you get them to the next level. I don't mean somebody who, like me who can't draw a straight line without a ruler. <laughs> That's my heart skills. But somebody who's really good. I have a friend whose son is a musician, a violinist. I don't remember this kid not being amazing. And then he had somebody mentor him, and then he got into Juilliard. And now he plays professionally, and he has recordings. He's an incredibly amazing artist. But somebody took him from level 8 to level 10, who was an expert but but retiring from one of the Philharmonics. So there are things like that where you can make a difference, take that person to the next level. It might be sports. It could be coaching. Maybe you're the assistant coach that the league needs but can't afford. Well, that's okay because you have retirement accounts. You have money coming in. And you can make a difference in young people's lives. You can be the person who they get to talk to. And a lot of the financial guys will use percentages and bell charts. And we're at the crossing of the 72 and the uh, the, the, the 10-year and the 12-year and the... That's nice. But here's what I would say to my broker. Listen, I just don't want to lose my money. That's nice. Uh, Is there a way to make sure that if I put money in my account, um, I just never lose? Am I okay? Is that okay? I I understand that it goes up and down and crazy. And you're saying, listen, hey, guys, I want to retire. I have a different purpose in life. And it's not babysitting my brokerage accounts. Well, that's what we do. We're a little different. Our job is to put your money in a safe place. We grow it with reasonable gains. Listen, this is pretty clear. Uh, I've, when I speak with uh, Larry and, and Dennis, you've seen me, heard me talk to them on the radio. We've done some, some uh, cute commercials and things. This is important. One of the things that, that Dennis said that was really important was why is it when people are saving for something that is a for sure thing? That means retirement, right? Either death or they're going to retire. The for sure thing of retirement, Dennis says, why is it that people will take a not so for sure thing called the market, right? You, you don't want to, if it's a sure thing, you need a sure thing. If for sure you're going to retire, for sure you need to have the money there. Now, if you say, listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to gamble with Bitcoin or, or with this stock. And if it goes up, I get to buy the new car. And if it doesn't, psh, I get to drive my old car. That's not a sure thing. But retirement is. And when Dennis brought that up, I thought, this is genius, Right, The sure thing, the for sure thing is retirement. Why not have the for sure thing being the sure thing, which is protecting your principal? So those are important issues. Why your family says, I want money now. Daddy, give me a loan. Mommy can have some money. Okay, fine. 
we can build in your retirement budget to give money to your children or grandchildren. We can even give money in your budget. And we have this where grandparents help pay for their grandchildren's private school or uh, preschool. You could say, yeah, I I can do that. But that doesn't last forever. It lasts for three years or two years or five years. Right? We understand that. But the risk and fees of your retirement accounts, they can and they do eat substantial profits. Money that should go to your children, your charity, you. You see, when Wall Street takes money from you, it means your broker gets to have fun. They get to retire. They get to take their vacation. They get to buy. Their family gets a new car. They get a wonderful college uh, experience. And you're crossing your fingers. I'd say if the market is good, great. Everybody's smart. But when the market goes backwards, you lose. Our job is to keep and protect it safe. Give me a call. We have an office in Glendale. We have an office. The Long Beach area that, that we can see you and we have an office in the Santa Clarita Valley and see me. So we have a few different places that make life a little easier for you. Triple eight ninety nine retire And by the way, you talk to me and you see me. Uh, my staff is great, but they're all support staff. It isn't like some of the folks that you know have an 800 number and a big room full of uh, brokers. That's not what we do. You talk to me, you meet me. If I can help you guys, it would be my honor. My name is Arif Hallaby, Total Financial Solutions, TFS, Financial Insurance Services, this is the Total Financial Hour on AM870 The Answer, 888 retire if you have more questions or any questions at all. I'm here for you. Thanks for listening. TFS Financial and Insurance Services brings us to you every week. Have a wonderful week. Now Arif has a plan for me, higher income strategy. I'll retire comfortably, thanks to Arif Halaby. Now every dollar's got a job to do. Arif makes your money work for you. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. The information on the show is not intended to be the primary basis for investment decisions and should not be used to provide financial advice. Please obtain the guidance of a financial professional regarding your particular financial concerns. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. This program reflects the views of Arif Halaby, CA Insurance License 0B93792 of TFS Financial Insurance Services. TFS Financial Insurance Services, CA Insurance License Number 0F22477, provides retirement income strategies using insurance and annuity products, which are guaranteed by the claims-paying ability of the issuing company. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.